When it comes to choosing the color of your lures, you have almost limitless options. But that certainly doesn't make it any easier to pick the right color. We're going to talk about color selection and more on this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. I'm Chad Lachance, and you're listening to Fishful Thinker, the podcast. All things fishful, all the time. Hey, Thinkers, Lachance here. Uh, lure color, it's not something that um, anybody's going to even agree on most of the time. You can talk to... 10 professional bass anglers and they'll give you 10 opinions and you can talk to 10 walleye guys and they'll do the same thing as well. Uh, the fish won't tell you at all other than some anecdotal evidence so it really comes down to your ability to choose colors and since I get tons and tons and tons of questions on guide trips and through emails and everything else about choosing lure colors I thought we ought to talk about that here for a little bit on this episode. So let me give you a quick backstory. I am not the biggest, um, oh, how would I put it? I'm not that picky about lure color. Let's just put it that way. I believe that if you're in the ballpark color-wise, you're doing fine. I'm not a guy that's going to 100% try to match the hatch on something, uh, mostly because I've not really seen that much consistency in the color from, from uh, you know, say crayfish or baitfish to baitfish in all the different scenarios. It can be very difficult to choose the, uh, the colors. Now, maybe insects for fly fishing, things like that, maybe a little bit different, but I can catch five bluegills out of a pond right next to each other and they will not be the same colors. So how do I quote unquote match that hatch? I need to be in a bluegill-esque color, which is a variety of colors. Same thing with crayfish. Not all crayfish are blue, some are brown, some are red, some are rusty. It just depends on the, the molting phase they're in, the size of the crayfish, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I'm not really a match the hatch guy either, uh, other than maybe I'll get in the ballpark of one of those two species. It really comes down to me for lure colors uh, is to, one, will it help the fish locate my bait? in the first place. That's the biggest thing because I'm of the opinion that before a fish can do anything about biting your bait, he has to get a visual on it. And it doesn't matter if we're talking about smallmouth bass or crappies or bluegills or rainbow trout or brown trout or saltwater fish of almost any kind. Yes, they have lateral lines and they can feel it coming. Yes, they can hear it coming. Um, yes, in some cases, they can smell uh, their prey as well. Certainly with catfish, things like that, not typically approached with lures. Um, but at the end of the day, all of those fish are sight feeders. When all of their other senses help them locate your bait in the first place. Uh, and then they ultimately want to get a visual on it to bite it. And... The, when it comes to lure colors, it really for me is just that, let them get the visual. So in a lot of cases, I want my lure to stand out purposely. And so that's a, that could be a, a very important detail for me to look at uh, when it comes to, to choosing my lure colors. My lure colors have more to do with the water color clarity and color than anything else. So let's, let's talk about some specific colors, specific things, and tell you what I really like. I live in Colorado. We get 300 plus days a year of sunshine here. I fish all over the country, but I am based in Colorado and, and, uh, and guide here in Colorado. We get lots of sunshine and lots of clear water. It doesn't matter what species it is. If we're talking about a sport fish of some sort, of any sort, if I have 
clear water, and sunshine. Uh, that is almost, in my opinion, the easiest scenario to pick my colors for. And the reason is this. A very high percentage of the time, I'm going to go to a chrome for that. And a lot of people disagree with me on that and say that's, that's too much. That's too much shine, too much whatever. I believe that flash or the strobe effect is a very, very good attention getter for one, for getting my lure noticed. And two, it's a very good bite getter as well. If anyone's ever been scuba diving, they tell you not to wear shiny stuff. Uh, there's no, they used to have chrome rims on the masks. They got rid of those. People don't wear chrome watches underwater anymore. The reason being is fish like barracudas will strike that strobe, uh, that strobe effect, that flash effect. It puts you in danger. You are now drawing the fish's attention to whatever the shiny spot is on your suit. Chrome is excellent in that regard. The other thing about Chrome, besides being the uh, you know the attention getter, and when I say that, think about like a signal mirror on an airplane. When I'm talking about Chrome, I'm talking about plated Chrome. I don't want a bunch of hammering like a hammered Chrome finish. That is not my favorite effect. I think that effect dilutes the Chrome effect severely. If you're going to use a signal mirror in your first aid kit for airplanes. Well, that signal mirror is going to be flat, and it's going to give you the single biggest flash as possible. So for me, the chrome finish that is the most preferred is a true pure, pure chrome with no scale pattern on it or anything else. That gives me the biggest, strongest strobe effect, and that's what I'm looking for a lot of the time in clear water. Um, the other thing about chrome that I like is it gives you a big signal as far as locating your bait from a long ways away, but when fish really get a good clean look at it, it kind of reflects its surroundings and therefore it kind of goes away in the water or reduces the profile a little bit of your of your bait because it's reflecting its surroundings. And that is also a great call. So let's say something like a chrome jerk bait. I'm fairly well known for throwing chrome jerk baits. Uh, I coached and won the high school national championship with chrome jerk baits in high bright sun, in clear water, in shallow water, so chrome that you could see the baits flashing all the way out on the end of our cast, running six, eight inches under the surface, and you could see the chrome flash. Uh, and ironically, during that event, a lot of those bites would come, we'd throw the lure up into the shade, and as soon as it came darting out of the shade and hit the outside of the shade line, hit where the sun was hitting the water, it gets smacked immediately by a largemouth. And I think it was because that's the first time or two that the strobe effect actually went off on the bait. So I'm a big believer that that strobe or that flash as the bait jumps around and picks up the sun and shines it in different directions is a great, great way to get fish to pounce. So I really like that as well. But let's say that same chrome jerk bait sits still in the water column and the fish noses up to it. Well, it looks smaller to the fish, and also it will continue to show almost motion because it's mimicking its surroundings, and the bait itself is not sitting as still as you'd like to think. Typically, the, the internal weighting system will move around, the water currents will move around. The bait's sitting relatively still, yes, but it's not perfectly still, and therefore the environment that's being reflected off it is also not permanent, permanent uh, you know, still, and therefore I think it gives fish a really almost confusing look at that point. It's just a really good way to get bites. Now, if I'm fishing water that has tannin in it, which is something you'll see, um, I guess, look at a glass of iced tea. You can see through it. There's no particulates in it. It's just tannin. Then I will a lot of times gravitate to gold chrome. 
uh, or copper chrome. Uh, that is a very good deal because a lot of the fish in that system will pick up a gold hue to the fish themselves. So for instance, you see snook in salt water, you see them out on the beach. They're almost pure white. They have almost no color to them at all. Uh, very little color at all. But then when they come inshore and they get in the brackish water where there's a lot of tannin in the water, they get a very gold hue to them. The whole fish does, very yellowy gold. A lot of other fish do the same thing. You'll see that same effect in, in uh, chrome bait fish like manhaden or shad as the case might be where they're in tannin stained water and they'll pick up a little bit of that gold color. So in that case, I'll throw to a gold chrome uh, or a copper chrome, um, but if, for the most part, I gravitate right to plain silver chrome, and I love chrome topwater baits, chrome jerk baits, and chrome crankbaits. Uh, I also like not hammered finishes on spinnerbait blades and things like that for the same reason. I want that spinning blade to be as shiny as possible uh, for the strobe effect. Now, the polar opposite of that, we're still talking high bright sun or, or bright sun anyway in clear water. The polar opposite of that is translucent lures. And in my opinion, there's not enough translucent lures on the market. Uh, there are all, lots of them that are somewhat translucent, but if I could get them to send me pure clear ones with just the tiniest hint of color on them, or maybe a false eye and that's it, I would be very happy. Unfortunately, those are almost impossible to find in the market. You have to buy the blanks yourself and then who knows what you're buying because the manufacturers that make quality lures aren't gonna sell you their blank. They're gonna be some cheap Chinese knockoff, unfortunately. So clear or translucent lures uh, are also excellent because they reduce the profile. They look very real up, uh, you know, up front when the fish gets close to them and they don't have quite so much um, uh, how would I put it? They're not quite so bold. They're not quite so in your face. So let's say a crankbait that you're winding in pure chrome is giving off tons of flash. Well, if it's real calm out, maybe just maybe the fish's lateral line felt it. He heard it coming because of the rattles. Then he sees the strobe effect of the chrome. And then at that point, he's had too much stimulus. Maybe he's not going to bite it. But in that same scenario with the same crankbait only made out of uh, something very, very translucent, well, he feels it just the same. Right? He hears it just the same, but when he starts looking for it, he doesn't see it quite as easy because he doesn't have that strobe effect that is such a powerful uh, you know, uh, signal, let's just say. So it gets closer to him before he realizes exactly where this bait might be. It doesn't pick up his vision nearly as easy, and I think that works really good. So a translucent bait or a chrome bait are the first two I'm going to grab any time I'm dealing with uh, clear water or relatively clear water and bright sun. Now, the difference, when do I choose one over the other? If it's windy out or there's a chop on the surface or it's a noisy environment, like a lot of boats around, things like that, I'm going for the chrome every time. If it's glass calm out, I'll probably swing more towards the translucent color more often than not. Having said that, I've had some of my best days by working extremely fast, extremely shiny baits uh, in calm conditions. And like a pure chrome jerk bait, as fast as you can jerk that thing along, it can be a killer bait for trout and everything else if it's very, uh, very calm out. So that can be a good call. Um, another scenario let's look at we're looking at very muddy water scenarios in very muddy water i like solid colors 
I like uh, very hot chartreuse colors. I like very hot orange colors. I like um, some of the uh, reds can be really good, depending on the red, not a dark brown red. I think reds can be really good, but I tend to go to and, chartreuse and orange a lot in muddy water. Sometimes black or white. Black or white can be very good colors. In, uh, in muddy water as well. And all, all, in all those scenarios, it comes down to the fish being able to see the bait because the muddier the water gets, the harder it is for them to get a visual on your bait. And you'll start getting fish that are hooked outside the mouth, hooked on the top of the head. Uh, they, they heard it, they felt it, they didn't get a good visual on it, and it didn't, uh, they didn't get a clean bite on it. For, for the record, if I'm in very muddy water where visibility is at its minimum, uh, in that case, I'm going to work very rhythmic lures as well. Lures that go off a very even profile. Sound is a whole nother deal, but a very rhythmic lure, not an erratic lure for the same reason. If, you, if your bait's erratic and they can't get a good visual on it, they're going to have a really hard time getting a clean bite and you're going to end up losing a bunch of fish. So <clears throat> I like to have a very rhythmic lure in the event that I'm in muddy water. So that can be important there as well. Um, if it's an extremely slow-moving lure, let's say, let's say that uh, it's something like as slow as you can get, like a Landy rig, or maybe uh, just a you know Texas rig, something like that. In those scenarios, I'm either going with the most natural color I can possibly get, or I'm going with some sort of a uh, provoking type color. Um, for instance. Smallmouth bass are well known to have a affinity for chartreuse, as are crappies. I'm not sure why, but both of those species are heavily tied to chartreuse. So if I'm going to go work something very slow, there's going to have at least some chartreuse on it, regardless of how natural the rest of the bait is, because I believe that that color is preferred by the fish. It will catch their eye color in a lot of cases. And so that scenario where a very slow lure, I would be natural in colors most of the time, but with a touch of chartreuse. A classic example of that would be something like uh, Berkeley's The General, which is a soft stick worm. Uh, you guys are probably familiar with a Senko or a, a Dinger. Well, this is The General. It's a similar bait. One of my favorite ones is green pumpkin, the whole body of it, which is a very natural color in and of itself, but it's got a chartreuse tip on the tail. And ironically, it's kind of funny because I was fishing a lake that was slam full of yellow perch. And I went that route because it was we were fishing for smallmouth bass as well. If I fished a pure green pumpkin, my bite numbers went down a whole bunch. I put the chartreuse tail on, which I didn't have a lot of with me, and it was for a tournament. I didn't have a ton of them with me. When I put the bait with the chartreuse tail on, my numbers from smallmouth bass bites went up, but also so did my numbers of bites from the yellow perch to the tune of like 10 times as many bites. And those yellow perch were grabbing that chartreuse end on the tail. I've seen crappies do the same thing where they'll grab only the chartreuse part of the bait. So in those scenarios, like if I'm fishing for crappies, or smallmouth bass, it's probably going to have some chartreuse in it uh, somewhere in that bait. Otherwise, it, the rest of the bait could be all kinds of different colors. If I'm fishing for salmon, it's trout, okay? 
let's talk about uh, trout, salmon, anything like that. Their eyes are tuned in to seeing uh, pinks and reds. I read a book years ago called How Fish See, and it basically broke down the, the physiology of their eyes. And the salmonid family can see uh, reds, oranges, and pinks better than any other color. So it's very common for me to have one of those colors in my spectrum when I'm trout fishing. Uh, very common for me to have that. Whereas conversely, I don't throw much in the chartreuse or yellow range for trout. I'm not saying it won't work. I know there's a bajillion people out there that catch lots of trout on them. For me, it doesn't work as well as having reds, oranges, or pinks. So uh, if I'm fishing you know, really clear water for trout, yeah, I might throw that pure chrome like we were talking about or something like that. But if I need some color to get the bait noticed, it's going to have orange, red, or pink on there somewhere. And one of my favorites uh, back in the day when I, when I was really getting into power fishing for trout, I, I spent about five years where I was trying to figure out all the most aggressive ways that I could catch reservoir trout. And one of them was with a lipless crankbait. And my favorite color was a chrome-backed, silver, pure chrome-sided, old-school rattle trap. Uh, and I haven't seen that color in years, but it had a really hot uh, pink back on it, and then the rest, three-quarters of the lure was pure chrome. I caught so many trout on that thing, it was ridiculous. And Again, I haven't seen that color in years. I've moved on to better quality, probably uh, lipless crankbaits than that one, but that's still color. If I could find one of those, I'd throw it. I'd have no problem with that because we caught a lot of trout on that bait over the years. So that's where I'm taking that color range uh, for the salmonids. In saltwater, um, I, for, for whatever reason, I tend to go to very natural colors most of the time on, on most of my baits, whether it be a hard bait, a soft bait. I don't throw as many really hot colors unless I've got some really, really heavy water color. For instance, I fished the, the Mississippi River Delta uh, down just north of Venice, Louisiana, and I uh, had a great time doing that. You couldn't see two inches in the water for redfish. You were only throwing it at tailing fish or, or at waves of fish or just blind casting. Uh, in that case, I threw chartreuse and orange, what they call fire tiger, but it's a chartreuse and orange gulp minnow the whole trip and just waylaid redfish the whole time. Uh, that color was very, very bright. For the record, the guide that was in the boat was throwing a very bright purple bait with a chartreuse tail on it. So again, very hot color combination. Um, but at those same redfish, if I find them where the water's much clearer, then 99% of the time I'm gonna throw a plain old smelt color. I'm gonna throw the plain silver or plain gray and, uh, and, and throw that and I'm gonna catch tons of fish with it. If I'm fishing very clear water for spooky species, something like a bonefish, always in the natural color range, I've not found where a hot color is gonna be an advantage there, it's easy for me. If I'm going bonefish and I carry smelt and that's it, period, end of discussion. They don't gravitate to, to dirty water or at least they're not fished in dirty water much. Um, if I'm going down that, down that road, I'm going with a very natural bait fishy color. And along those lines, speaking of bait fishy colors, I carry light, medium, and darks. That's about it. And then I carry chrome, and um, but that's about it for me for colors. I don't get hung up on okay. I've got green pumpkin with purple flake, and I've got you know green pumpkin with with black flake, and green pumpkin with no flake. As far as I'm concerned, those are all the same. It's not going to matter to me one iota. If I have a brown one and you have a green one, that's going to be fine. I just want to be in the ballpark. So light, medium, and dark does that for me. 
Um, and so what I consider light would be something like a white or a chartreuse, uh, something in those ranges. Uh, when I get into mediums, then we're looking at, at greens, uh, maybe watermelons, maybe some of the very natural bluegilly colors along those range. And then when the darks, obvious, you get the blacks and the dark browns and things like that. Now, you guys want the easy answer, I bet you do. And I'm going to keep this podcast short and simple. So here's the right, here's the easy answer for me. Get black, get lures in black if you can. Topwater baits in black, fantastic. Uh, frogs, throwing frogs for bass. Black works very well a lot of the time. Um, soft plastics of almost any kind. Black works really good in worms and soft stick worms, tube jigs. Uh, jigging pigs, a black or a black base lure is a very good color all the way around. Very, very dark colored crankbaits. It's rare to find a pure black crankbait, but a black crankbait is an excellent call as well. Very black, for whatever reason, is, is a very much a universal color. Another very universal color, um, if, you're, if, you, if you're looking at a wall of lures, you can't decide which one to get, get uh, particularly with hard baits, get the one that's got a black back over a silver body. Very, very common, very easy. The number one selling lure of all time, last I checked, was a black over silver. Um, and it happened to be a Rapala minnow. I don't know if that's still the case, but, uh, but years ago, the number one selling lure for the last 20 years prior to that had been a, a black over silver uh, Rapala minnow. So that's a fantastic color, and it's almost universal in color, right? So that's a very, very good one. For sure, have some chartreuse in your, in your system because um, if you fish for crappies or smallmouth or walleyes, you're going to run into the scenarios where having some chartreuse is going to be a key thing for you. So having, having baits with some chartreuse on them or around them is always a good choice for sure. Um, and I think that will help you out with that. And then with the chromes, I mean, when it, when it comes to hard baits, I want to for sure have chrome in topwater baits. I want to have chrome available to me for sure in jerk baits and crank baits. Um, I just very, very fantastic to have more chrome. I wish there was more of them available. Um, for sure, I'm going to get chrome in, in some sort or gold chrome uh, or both in, uh, in any hard baits that they're available in. And I think that's good. And then the other one can be, in this one that doesn't get as much love, but to be honest with you, it can be very effective as white or a bone-colored bait. Interestingly enough, I was testing a, a jerk bait for a company that was coming out with one, and I had a pre-production pr prototype bait. And all those prototype baits are just plain like a bone color. You're just looking for action on the bait. And to this day, that plain bone, the company that came out with that bait didn't launch in a, with a white one like that. They launched with several other colors, but not a white one. And that white one got as many bait, there's many bites as anything, any of the colored ones that came out with on the production baits. And from that point on, I made sure I had white jerk baits available to me. I've got white topwater baits, like a walking bait. If you just need two colors of, of three colors of a walking bait, get a, get a white one, a black one, a chrome one. You're covered for everything you could possibly want to do. Same thing with, if you could, get them with crankbaits, because you can also take that white one and put a chartreuse marker on it, put a little stripe of chartreuse on the side of it. Ha, huh, guess what? Same thing with your chrome, just for the record. You've now got covered the best of both worlds. But Black, white, and chrome, if you've got those, uh, you're doing really good. And then, of course, the last one is that translucents. They're hard to find, uh, but translucent baits are worth having in your arsenal all the time. Other than that, I don't get that picky about it. I carry a couple of colors of gold minnows. I carry very bright ones. 
uh, and very natural, the smelt colored ones. I don't even carry the dark ones anymore. I used to carry black ones. I don't do that anymore with, uh, with gold minnows. I found that I almost always gravitate to either the smelt one or a very hot color. Um, and I'll throw this out for a last tip. Let's say that you only want to carry um, jig heads, right? Jig heads is another common. What color jig heads do you use? What color? I get that email a lot. I don't. I carry chrome or I carry um, pure lead jig heads and that's it. I don't color any of my jig heads. If they come that way on something like a, you know, a, a Berkeley skipping jig or something, they come with painted heads, that's fine. If the paint comes off, I don't care. I've never seen a scenario where that lead head would be the wrong answer. There's usually something else that's wrong if you're not getting bites. So when I carry jig heads, they're all the same color and they're all pure lead. Incidentally, they're cheaper to buy that way as well. Um, and then you can put whatever bait you want on them. So I don't get hung up on colors of jig heads, which allows me to carry a lot fewer jig heads in the boat, which means a lot less weight in the boat because jig heads are one of the heaviest things you carry in the boat and it's something you need a bunch of. On a guide trip, I might go through 20 jig heads a day easily with two with two customers and we're jigging on, on riprap. It's pretty easy for me to burn 20 jig heads in a day or more and therefore jig heads that are affordable are important to me and I just buy them in plain lead and then it's no problem. You can go that route. So when it comes to color, guys, don't outthink it. Certainly don't think that you have to have every color out there. That's that's the big one. And I see that when I worked in retail at Sportsman's Warehouse. I worked there for five years when I was trying to learn the fishing industry. Uh, I wanted to see what Joe Average did. And what I find is that people were all over the board on color and nobody really had any system to it. When I start working with customers, people are just making decisions based on what catches their eye on the, at the at the front of the you know, on the, on the big giant pegboard covered with lures. And I fully get that. But, but, but understand that if you put some sort of a system to it, you'll be better off. And so if I already have one in my box that's, say, green pumpkin of whatever it is, well, I'm not going to buy a brown one. I'm going to buy one that's a completely different color unless I'm buying backups to the one that I have, ones that I need more of. So that's kind of how I'm going to look at that. I'm spread the love around amongst the colors. And, uh, and go from there. I don't get caught up on boutique colors. Um, I don't get hung up on, you know, I need three extra dots on this lure other than the aforementioned, you know, uh, chartreuse stripe that I might put on something or chartreuse tail that I might dip something in. I don't do much else. I don't custom color any lures. I don't have lures painted. I think that puts too much money and emphasis into the lure and then I'm, I don't want to throw it. And so the lure that's going to catch you the most fish is the one you're going to throw in the best spots. And I'm not going to I'm not going to want to worry about whether or not I've got a fancy paint job on my lure. I'm not going to worry about that. I'm just going to throw it. So I will say this. I'll close with this. The bigger your lures are, the more important your color probably needs to be because fish are going to get a big look at your lure when you have a big lure. So if you're a guy that wants to throw swim baits or you're throwing oversized baits in general, the fish is going to get a good clean look at it. At that point, your colors better be uh, fairly well chosen. And that's something that's uh, it's part of the reason I don't, I'm, I'm not a fan of big giant lures. I'd rather have average size lures or smaller lures because, yeah, big lures get big bites, but big lures also send you home skunked a lot. And that's what I don't like. And I think part of the reason is they get a very good look at it and, uh, and they won't necessarily uh, commit to biting it as well. It might draw their attention, but they won't bite it as well. If, I've got a, if I'm going to throw a swim bait, it's going to be hyper-realistic as far as the colors go, uh, and that's all I'm going to do. So there you have it, guys, my spiel on color. Uh, again, I'm not that picky about it. I don't get hung up on it. It's the last of the decision 
factors when I'm choosing a lure that I'm going to choose. Uh, the depth and the, the, the speed and the action, the profile, and all of those other things come first. And at the end, I'm going to choose the color of that lure. Uh, and if I don't have a color that I'm comfortable with for the condition, uh, but the rest of the, the factors line up correctly, in other words, the depth and the speed and all that, I'd rather throw that than I would throw one that's at a different depth or different speed or different profile, uh, but is a color I like better. So again, color is the last of my decision factors. So uh, you can check out some of our videos on YouTube. We'd appreciate that. It's at Fishful Thinker. There's like 500 videos there. Uh, you get to see a lot of our lure stuff, and we are very clear about showing the lures every time we can, if at all possible, because otherwise we get hate mail. You didn't show us what you were using. I will always show you what, what we're using. Check them out on the YouTube channel. Also, at Fishful Thinker on Facebook or Instagram. We hope you'll check us out and follow along there, see what we're up to, and also keep uh, subscribed to this podcast and. Uh, Keep it handy, and uh, we appreciate that very much. So send us an email. Send us some questions. We'll be glad to answer them in an upcoming episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast.